Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes Podcast. This is Case 12, Color of Lightning. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a sci-fi horror role-playing game. Your investigators of the unknown are... Gabe as Roy. I just have you know that because I didn't come up with this plan, it's going to fail. Matt as Rocky. You know, I didn't quite think that we would get this far. Um, best of luck to everybody. Uh, have fun with it. And Brian as Pippa. Wait, you guys had a plan? So many plans. Well, welcome back, players. How is everybody doing? It's been a little while since we played. What are you talking about? We just finished this thing up yesterday. It's, it's been like five minutes. It's been two weeks since you took to me. What is time? Uh, well, what are you guys drinking uh, eating tonight? I see, Matt, you're eating some stuff. Chex Mix. And I already have a gnat in my beer. That's great. Is it a natty light? I'm drinking Diabolical from North Peak. Yeah, I had the, um, oh, what's the, I can't remember the other one I had first. Oh, I love that one. That, that's my favorite. How about you, Gabe? What are you drinking? Vodka, as predicted? I mean, I could. I could start if you want. Well, as you saw, I uh, I did a little poll on Twitter and uh, and on our Discord, and overwhelmingly people wanted me to drink Silver Harbor's Ship Faced. I wonder why. I forgot that it's a barley wine, and it's 12.8%. Oh, God. It, it smells like prune juice, guys. They're so sweet and juicy. Oh, God, that's terrible. This is what people picked, so I'm, I'm drinking it. So thanks to everybody who voted for that, and uh, I will continue to try to enjoy it. Make them drink urine next. Would be funny. Well, listeners, if you'd like to provide feedback or praise or just say howdy, drop us a letter from beyond on our website at lovecrafttapes.com, where you can find all kinds of information about our podcast, including biographical info on all of our players and guest stars. You can also listen to all of the investigations in order. So check that out, lovecrafttapes.com. Com. This show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you very much to Jordy Rose, Barry Robinson, Brittany Davis, Chris Parker, Elizabeth Grieve, Atulia, Brownie Davis, Jefferson Bell, Madeline Turnipseed, Eric Zane, Olda Polkert, Kyle Sherman, Mitch L., Lobster Johnson, Huge Pie, Frank Delventhal, Wouter Vermeyen, David Winterman, Daniel Hissey, Eric Phillips, Malambra57, Wild Pants, John Imray, Yasmin Amber, Amanda Power, Daniel Caprone, Dom Driver, Snow, John May, Dakota Smith, Bastard King, Ripley Ewan, Phil Dickinson, Davinia Von Zerovich, Eric Setterberg, Robert Jameson, Rain Bedwell, Young Old One, Mal, Boston Harbor Horror, Yogg, Liz Moonberry, Stephen Gregory, A.E. Jonesy, Marty Dixon, Andrew Petty, Sheldon Warner, Chainsaw Unicorn, Shane Stoley, Flix Capacitator, Captain Vashton, Gregory Schmucker, Peter VDB, Rolling Boxcars, James Brown, Ineptus Destardus, Jeffrey Young, Bifford, Hoser underscore 21, John Scarcella, Alexandra Kroska, Holden Omans, Ba Tran, David Stefanoff, Matthew, Tian Tai, Phil Campbell, AJ Ake, Justin Levesque, John Konopasik, Tomas, Kevin G, Mick Cope, Robert Lamb, 
Phoenix Black, and Benjamin Webb King. Thanks, guys. Appreciate all the support you've given us. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Welcome to the Vincent Quest. Your new world awaits. We've all been waiting for this moment. The moment that we shape the very history of mankind. You've all been chosen as tomorrow's saviors to find a new world. I thought this was only a colonization trip. I guess we'll find out. Doesn't it seem odd? This much military? What do they expect to find? New worlds have new monsters. Warning. Warning. Collision in route. Get to the pod. Wait! Wait! Mabel, I love... is on this ship and we need to get off it's not that simple we're too far to return home we went out into space and found a darkness that will consume us all we need to find the immune immune whoever doesn't die from their bite i don't think we're ever going home what makes you think there's a home to go to the others by manic d media An audio drama. Available now. Do you have rodents keeping you up late at night? Scratching, scabbering, and gnawing at the foundation of your home? Your sanity? Now don't worry. Clive Tomey's here to save the day he is. That's me. I'm Clive Tomey. And I am the rat catcher in the walls. Break masonry? Not problem. Narrow drywall? Not an issue. I haven't met a cross space I can keep me out. Does that sound too good to be true? Well, I cannot argue with that, my friend. But let me tell you a little secret. I was born without bones. That's right. A modern medical miracle. If you believe in science and all that rubbish. Others say... My mother was a dream witch who gave me strange powers when she sold her soul to the devil. Maybe, maybe not. Does it matter? Not to you. All I know is I can seep into the floorboards like liquid jelly, slithering and sneaking until I find those squeaky buggers. And then it's all chomp, chomp, chomp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good eats. I get a square meal plus a few quid for my trouble. And you get rid of those pesky whiskered pests. Full disclosure, however, I do not consume whiskers. They tickle me belly something fierce. So you might find a stray one now and again. Just sweep it into the bin... The next time you hear the scratch, scratch, scratch in the ceiling above your bed, just think of me, Clive Toomey, the rat catcher in the walls. And who knows? 
maybe I'm already there right now. And we're back. What do you guys think of that product under service? I think it tastes great. It's less filling. Well, I had one last week. I haven't eaten since, so it's more filling. And my fillings are gone. It sounds to me like something you'd see like in between the infomercials, like an infomercial between infomercials. Some folks do claim to have seen that product and or service howling at the full moon in the middle of the night, out in yonder hinterlands, behind the abandoned meatpacking plant, where that stretch of country road dead ends at a bleak and blasted cemetery, the gates hanging broken and wide like slack-jawed corpses moldering in the sodden earth beneath neglected starlit headstones, with chiseled epitaphs like, Here lies old so-and-so, heaven's hell and where he'll go, we won't know until we know. Amen. I imagine writing grave marker poetry is a tough gig, so we'll give them a pass on that one. We passed gas? What about the children left behind? Now, dear investigators, we finish Case 12, Tape 12, Twisted Sisters. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Only hours before the Twilight Sideshow is ready to debut, our investigators of the unknown have found themselves separated into two camps, aligned with opposing forces in an ongoing war that has spanned centuries. Pippa is unable to resist the temptations found in Madame Starbuck's luxurious boudoir. But will she join her newfound sister in a quest to topple the patriarchy and play dollies? Roy's past catches up with him in a most unexpected way, though he manages to put it behind him joining up with the ragtag band of do-gooders at the Arkham Visitor Center to plan a fiery assault on the carnival. But will he manage to tame the flame? Rocky wrestles with his mixed emotions regarding Charlene Abernathy, who has transformed from a seemingly vapid lackey to a powerful and enigmatic woman. But... Will he be able to set aside his emotions in time to enact some sort of cosmic justice? All, or most, or some of these questions will be answered in the thrilling conclusion to Color of Lightning. Pippa Watching Starbuck casually twist the life out of what used to be Tommy Doyle brings you back to your senses a cold splash of fear rinsing the fog from your brain. In your hands rise the diminutive form of Tina Quinlan, somehow shrunk to Barbie-sized proportions and mouth hideously sewn closed. Her tiny limbs grasp at you in helpless terror, yet there seems to be purpose in the way her eyes keep darting frantically, either a secret message or a dire warning. Now that you've recently rediscovered the reservoir of power within you, Starbuck's promise of a forged sisterhood is enticing. What more can she teach you? What secrets can she unveil? Yet, her features are contorted with an excitable madness that disturbs you. Before you have a chance to ponder your options, you hear a loud sound nearby. As if by magic, air has suddenly been displaced. Rocky and Roy materialize about 15 feet away. 
With them are Lem, the old caretaker of the Arkham Visitor Center, and your former assistant, Charlene, who now wears bracers on each wrist, one of them adorned with your father's starstone. Rocky. Your instructions to the team were explicit. Once Charlene jumped you into the big top, as close to Starbuck as possible, you and Lem would dash to the edges of the tent to burn it up, while Roy fired a flare gun upward. Surely, attacking the fabric from three different locations would suffice to ignite an inferno before Charlene then jumped you all back out to safety. Now that you've arrived, however, your confidence falters ever so slightly. Roy is looking rather dazed by his first teleportation experience. And Lem is, well, Lem. He may have been quite the fire starter back in his prime, but now he's a sad-looking old man, out of place and bleary-eyed at his sudden surroundings, a lighter clasped firmly in his palsied hand. To make matters worse, you hear Charlene whisper, Oh shit, behind you in a most distressed manner. You glance back quickly to see her inspecting the starstone bracers, the light from which has gone alarmingly dim. Oh shit, indeed. When you turn back, you see the doll writhing around in Pippa's embrace, and the now contorted yet familiar features of Tina Quinlan disturb you deeply. Roy. Charlene's directions were very clear. Close your eyes, and take a deep breath immediately before she performed the jump that would take you to the Twilight Sideshow. Of course, as we all know, directions are for suckers who can't think for themselves. So, when she counts 3-2-1, you push all the air out of your lungs and stare open-eyed. The rundown interior of the visitor center melts away like butter in a microwave to be replaced by a kaleidoscopic neon-tinged haze that surrounds you in every direction. You feel as though you are floating in space, if space were a Jackson Pollock painting filmed in Sensoround by Alejandro Jodorowsky and Terry Gilliam. Far out, man, you whisper, then draw a breath, filling your lungs with that Skittles candy smoke, feeling it coat your throat like Sherwin-Williams paint. Far fucking out! You exclaim, and then it's all gone, replaced by the Twilight Sideshow. The bottoms of your feet ache something fierce, then you begin coughing violently. Well, 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 I was wondering when you'd show up, Starbuck practically croons, not a trace of surprise in her voice. I think you'll find my tent doesn't particularly welcome your brand of magic here, Abernathy. Why don't you hand over those stones to my sister here, and we can still make our curtain call before the crowd arrives. Otherwise, you might find my company rather... shocking? As if on cue, faint indigo sigils pulse overhead, their mystical shapes having been sewn into every inch of the Big Top's fabric. The stone set into Starbucks' necklace likewise crackles with electrical energy, the color of rotten blueberries. Mm. We're in the thick of it now. Into the thick of it. We're in the thicket. Starbuck leans in to Pippa behind you and whispers in your ear, Sister, I believe that stone belongs to you. Why don't you go get it? And she gives you a little shove towards Charlene. 
you hear this crackling noise behind you. It sounds like an electrical wire touching water. Roy, please roll con. I'm sorry, he cannot do that. Oh, I need a 60. That's a 6. That's extreme. So you are initially overwhelmed with what you saw during the teleportation. And you're still seeing like some of that color permeate the surroundings you're in in this big tent. And it's slowly dissolving, but it's still very psychedelic. But you see Pippa lurch toward your group, and that snaps you out of it. I'll pull out the flare gun and shoot it up. The flare launches towards the peak of the big top. Indeed, it has caught a spark to the fabric. Starbuck is very angry about this. Dark red pulsing beneath her skin. Such a drama queen. Launching daggers out of her eyes at you. Literally? Literally? Roll for eye daggers. And as you see this happening, Rocky, you hear Charlene behind you fiddling with her bracers, like clasping them on and off. And she's mumbling to herself, trying to get these things to work. And you can hear the frantic nature in her voice. We can't get out of here. Rocky, give me some time. I, I, I gotta figure something out. Unfortunately, dear, it looks like our clock has finally run out. She is also glancing with naked avarice toward Starbucks necklace. Pippa, it is your turn. I'm a little startled by the shove and everything that I just saw with her ripping apart a human being and me having a tiny human in my hands that's like squirming and trying to grab to live so i'm going to half swivel around so i'm i can see both both parties and kind of fall to my knees and just stare at the officer in my hands but as i do that i'm going to prepare to cast uh rack on starbuck gotcha so that will come into effect next round is there a skill that would be applicable here like charm or something but outside of having an acting skill i feel like fast talk is going to be the closest you can get i agree i don't mind that at all so go ahead and give me a fast talk Uh, i needed a 70 i got a two and she bought two houses from me she didn't even know it mama's eating apple pie tonight she has literally no idea she's not even paying attention to you she's all eyes for roy right now you hear that, Roy? There's like just a, a little bit of annoyance on her face to see you buckle so easily. Rocky, I'm going to need you to roll sanity. I needed a 61 and I rolled a 12. That's an extreme success. Uh, essentially, you are initially very disconcerted to see what used to be Tina Quinlan, particularly because you saw that poster. But that is the one thing that actually gives you a little bit of insight into what's going on here. Because you saw that poster, and now you see this thing in flesh, and you kind of understand. You saw the the other torn apart doll that Starbuck threw to the sawdust. So you know that she is manipulating some dark magic to ensure that her enemies are transmogrified into useless objects. It's got to be a way to reverse it somehow, though. Take him to Tahiti. You manage to brush this off, even though you get chilled at the prospect of what these people have gone through and what even now Tina Quinlan is writhing around in apparent distress and verging on madness. And you are resolute that this will never happen to you. So I'm going to go ahead and give you your regular action. What would you like to do? I'm going to look over at Lem 
Now them go go and I'm gonna like wave at him towards the side wall and then I'm going to spin and start sprinting for the the other side of the tent. Run now! Oh, okay. And he starts going at half speed. Which is full speed for him. Way to go, Lem! Starbuck is incredibly angry at what's happening. Doesn't even look at Rocky sprinting towards one side of the tent and Lem hobbling towards the other end of the tent. She only has eyes for Roy at this point. Who doesn't have eyes for Roy? She says, you've made a terrible mistake. I thought we were friends, Ken Roy. Forget about the Ken part. (laughs) We are friends. Friends let friends burn their things to the ground. That's what the saying is. Well, then let me return the friendly favor. And she reaches her fist up to the sky, and you can see it crackling with energy. And she pulls down, and lightning strikes you from above. Holy shit. This purple sizzle of lightning descends from the heavens and strikes you squarely. You see her necklace pulse with that same electrical energy in a much brighter fashion at the exact same rate of the lightning strike. And we're going to go ahead and roll you some damage here. Three points of damage to you, electrical damage. How's that take you down? I'm at seven now. And uh, we're going to roll a d6. You are stunned for three rounds. Shocking. So, like, an arc of electricity course through your body, and you can smell the ends of your hair sizzle and crisp. It's like a home perm, really, when you think about it. You are just rooted to the ground. You feel your whole body is motionless and stiff as a board. Light as a feather. Make a con roll to shorten it. I need a 60. I got a four. That's an extreme success. Jeremy forgot to untick the players get good rolls box before he started. Because you rolled extreme, I'm just going to say you can shake it off this round. So you can't do anything more this round, but next round you'll be okay. It's like having a cup of coffee. He's like, yeah, that was nice. It's not his first time being electrocuted. Later on, I'll have to tell you about the time when we were uh, 12 and I dared him to uh, to stick a fork in an electrical socket. He wouldn't let go for some reason. He's like, yeah. That was the day we lost all the good silverware. Charlene mumbles under her breath. God damn it. I can't believe this is happening right now. A bit of performance anxiety, darling. Launches herself past Roy, sort of using him as leverage, and vaults over Pippa. And moves to attack Starbuck. Pippa, you are going to take three magic points. I have eight left. And you're going to take one sanity damage. I'm at 84. Oh, boy. So this is an opposed power roll. Pow, pow. Uh, I needed a 60. I rolled an 80, which is a fail. I needed a 70, and I rolled an 8, an extreme success. But here's the thing. I'm still in decent shape. I could try next time as well. Now, does she know that I'm attacking her because she had to roll against her? She does know, yes, at this point, for sure. So you see her countenance turn into this inhuman snarl. She's looking past Charlene now, who has jumped in front of her, and is glancing at you with such hate. She realizes now that she is alone and she has no sisters. From now on, it's going to be all-out war. There is no coming back from this. Not even a sister-wife. Rocky... You reach the edge of the tent. Pull out the lighter, bend down, and like grab the bottom of the tent where it meets the ground and just start holding it there and going, come on, come on, come on, come on. It's going to bend over, reach around with the lighter, and... The tent catches fire. 
and you smell singed fabric up above is slowly spreading where Roy shot the flare gun and your flame catches quite quickly. Now, here's the interesting thing. The very edge of the tent, you see the sigils that have been sewn into it extend beyond the interior all the way to the exterior too. But as your flame begins to eat at the fabric, you hear this popping sound and you look over towards Charlene and you can see that her bracers are ever so slightly beginning to brighten back up. Nice. And you look across to the other side where Lem is and he just now reaches the edge of the tent trying to get his lighter going, but it's probably going to take a minute. He's patting his pockets. Where the hell did I put the lighter? <laughs> Welcome to the Lemcraft tapes. Starbuck looks away from Pippa and Charlene as if they don't even matter to her. And she glances, turns her head toward Rocky and whispers, How dare you? And pulls down her fist. Hater's gonna hate. And a stroke of lightning descends again from outside the tent, from somewhere above, through the hole that the flare gun made, and strikes Rocky directly on his noggin. And he takes two points of electrical damage. Puts me at nine! No points. And you will be stunned for one round, unless you roll me a con. I needed a 55, I rolled a 24, that's a hard success. No worries. Oh, is that really all you've got in your bag of tricks? Tut, tut, darling. She's quite stymied as to why both of the Arroyo brothers managed to escape. He's not the only one who stuck a fork in an electrical socket when we were kids. From across the room, they do an air high five. The lightning just reaches halfway between each of our hands. Roy, it is your turn. What would you like to do? I'm going to pull up my newly reacquainted trilby and i'm just gonna try and shoot starbuck in the face what is your range on that baby 15 yards front yards or backyards side yards oh so yeah she's within point blank range she is within range to potentially disarm you it's okay you can shoot once or three times I'm going to shoot once. Okay, so you can shoot once, and you're going to get a bonus die on this. I need a 44, I got a 56. But you can roll a d10. I got a 5, so no change. Your bullet disappears over her shoulder, and you hear something metallic get struck outside. <laughs> it's Metal Man out there. So you look down at your smoking gun, and like, god damn it, you're a little rusty, aren't you? It's been a long time. Actually, I never have with these hands. Excellent point. That's how we're going to explain away the failures. Charlene is going to grab the necklace, a fighting maneuver. Oh. Starbucks going to dodge. She could Chevy it. So Charlene needs an unarmed attack. Here we go. She needed a 25 roll to 33. That is a fail. Starbucks going to dodge that. Did an extreme dodge on that. She dodged that really well. And actually managed to trip up Charlene. And now Charlene is kneeling on the ground next to Pippa. And the two of you look at each other like, uh, shit. I love you. Hey, Pip. Sorry about your head. You'll make it up to me. Maybe if I got your coffee, you know, every morning. Focus. No hard feelings? I just stare at her. She looks down at your hands. What are you going to do with that? I'm going to try to fix it. Pippa, it is your turn. I'm going to gingerly bring the officer over and set her into the dollhouse and be prepared to cast Rack again. The tent flap 
at the back of the tent opens to reveal a somewhat familiar figure. Hey, now, what's all this? Oh, I recognize you, Kenroy. And the strong man begins rushing directly at Roy. And he has this look of delicious revenge. He keeps flexing his hands as if he can grind the bones between them. Look at the bones. Look at the bones. So, Rocky, you are very happy to see that the tent has caught fire. Jackpot. Glance to the side, see that... Luckily for me, there are some juggling pins that have been propped up, probably so they can pick them up on their way out into the ring. So I'm going to uh, pick up one of the juggling pins, give it a little bit of a way, and just wind up and try and throw it at the strong man as he's running across the tent. Give me a throw, please. I have terrible throw, but we're going to try. I needed a 20. I rolled an 83. That's a failure. <laughs> it goes about mm, three quarters of the way and then drops. They're a bit heavier than what you expected. The uh, strong man just sort of glances at at you and sneers. Maybe you need to get a little bodybuilding in, eh? I don't know what that means. Nice accent, though. I can't hear you from across the... T- You're gonna have to speak louder. This is a very large tent. And you hear at uh, the other side of the tent someone go, <gasps> Hot dog! It started! Hey, Rocky! Rock, it started! Uh, uh, oh, hang on! Uh, hot dogs! <laughs> Get your hot dogs! And behind Lem, you can see the edge of the tent raised slightly, and a little person mime darts in. Except there's something very, very wrong with this individual. It's walking with a exaggerated limp. Give me a spot hidden, Rocky. I needed a 60. I rolled an 80 or 68. That's a failure. This is revenge for pulling those multiple extremes in a row earlier. You, you can't even spot hidden your own roll. <laughs> yeah, no. 83 teen. You gonna let that stand? Yeah. Which is fine because that's when you hear directly behind you something slither beneath the tent and you look back to see a clown. Except... One side of his grease paint face is sagging off the bone of his skull. Good ribs when you cook them like that. One of his eyes is cataract gray and lifeless. The fire at the center of the tent up above has spread. It is engulfed in flames now. There's a bit of smoke being generated within the tent. And bits of rope and fabric are beginning to come free and float down cinders into the midst of the battle. Roy, I believe you have ups because you have Trilby at the ready. Now, you can forfeit Trilby and do something else, but you'll drop back in the order behind Starbuck. I'm going to try and shoot Starbuck again. She is going to try to disarm you. Go ahead. You're at point blank range. You do have the bonus dice still. I fumbled it. All she needs to do is make a regular attack and she failed. So she did not disarm you, but we do need to make uh, your fumble count. It's a six shooter. So you lined up and the cartridge actually rolled out and a bullet fell out onto the ground. And then Starbuck is going to turn her attention toward the old man. You had your way all those many years ago. Now it's my turn to light you up. And she calls down lightning on Lem. Not Lem. Uh, He takes one point of damage, and he's going to be out of commission for two. 
rounds. Hashtag save Lem. Charlene is looking at Pippa with horror because she doesn't recognize anything you're doing. A look of naked fear on her face. She's naked and afraid. Pippa, it is your turn. I'm casting Rack on Starbuck again, but this time I'm going to roll harder. This is a pow. Needed a 60. I rolled a 48. That's a success. Does not mean I make it. Madam Starbuck needed a 70 and rolled a 2. An extreme success. Jeremy remembered to tick the keeper gets cheat rolls box. Yeah. You feel her will push against you. And this creepy smile begins to curl the edges of her lips. And she says, oh, sister, we could have been great together. Why do you resist me? Everything that you have done over the years will end tonight. I will undo everything. Oh, Pippa, I'm sure you believe that, but it is I who shall end you. The strong man attacks full force into Roy. Dodge. So go ahead and roll me some dodge. I needed a 45. I got a 72. He needed a 75 and rolled a 44 on normal success. He does four damage to you. So what does that lead you down to? Three. So he rams into you and just punches you square in the face as hard as you've ever been hit. Really, Declan's face. You can tell that the bracers that he's wearing are weighted, and they give his punch that extra bit of force. And you see stars that are brighter and more colorful than the teleportation that you just went through a couple minutes ago. And you immediately regret because you can feel the side of your face starting to swell. But somehow, you manage to keep hold of your gun. I don't think he's ever dropped a gun in his life. Rocky. So how close is the, is the clown to me at this point? Tap, tap, tap. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right. Well, just give me a second. It's been a while. Would you like a circus peanut? They're orange and marshmallowy. <laughs> I am going to... Take three peanuts? And eat them? No. <laughs> Why did I do this? These are terrible. <laughs> I can't stop, though, for some reason. Turn and sprint away from the clown. Grab one of the other juggling pins as I turn to sprint. The clown, which you can clearly tell now, has this reek about it. It smells like roadkill mixed with cotton candy. It kind of invokes your gag reflex a bit. Hot saliva (laughs) rising in the back of your throat. Rocky, you race away from your clown, but keep an eye on Lem at the other end. And you see this little person mime limping and leap onto Lem's back and bite into Lem's shoulder. Blood squirts out sluggishly. Not Lem. Two points to Lem. And you can see the pain contort Lem's face as blood oozes down his shoulder where this thing is just starting to gnaw dangerously close to his jugular. And behind you, the clown is clambering quickly towards you, loping. Roy. I believe you still have the gun in your hand. Well, now I'm pissed, so I'm going to shoot a moose over there. Put it right in his eye and pull the trigger. I needed a 44. I got a 6. It's an extreme roll with 11 points of damage. Go ahead and describe how the strong man dies. Of old age. He's looking down 
at me, and I just lift up the gun and shoot him right in the face where he punched me. And you see the bullet just rip a hole in the side of his face, taking out one of his eyes, liquefying. He takes one more step toward you and says, Oi, what's this now? And half of his brain slips through the crater you left in his face and slaps into the sawdust. And he topples over like a tree. And then Roy says his catchphrase. Catchphrase. I'll have what, what, I, what I gave him. Starbuck says, I've had about enough of this. And clasps her hands around Charlene's throat. Starbuck needed a 55 and rolled a 5 extreme. Charlene attempts to dodge this. She needed a 33. She got a 69. Nice. nice. <laughs> and failed. Charlene takes six points of damage. She's going to need to make a con roll. She needed a 55. She rolled a 59. Starbucks' massive fingers wrap around Charlene's neck and press. And you hear this cracking sound as her clavicle gives way. And Charlene says, oh, my. And passes out. So Charlene is now unconscious. That sucks. She has taken a major wound. Pippa, you're up. The fire is starting to rage on either side and above. Things are starting to fall down. You see ropes snapping on fire. And smoke is starting to become all-encompassing. It's becoming difficult to see. And you realize that you're not even sure where the edges of the tent are anymore. Oh, that's not good. If you want to escape the tent at this point, it's going to require a spot hidden. Next round, we're going to start to do some smoke inhalation. I tried that in LA once. I am going to cast Dominate. I like where this is going. Save it for the Lovecraft tapes after dark. She has to oppose my power per usual. You have four magic points left. So go ahead and uh, roll me some power. I needed a 60 and I rolled a 61, which is a success if you're trying to fail. She needed a 70 and rolled a 58, which is a success. Shocker. Right up there. You begin to exert your dominance. You feel your mind projected outward. Attempting to encompass and grasp her brain and bend it to your will. But that burst of energy is suddenly slapped back into your head in a painful fashion. You can hear echoing laughter in your mind and a voice that says, Oh, sister, have I taught you nothing? You will pay and I will end you. And you're going to take one more point of sanity damage. You feel a crushing wave of despair as you realize that this ancient being that you are attempting to subdue with your kindergarten level spells is not going to work unless you get really, really lucky. Yeah. The force of all of that energy that I've put out flicked back like it's nothing. I'm just going to collapse to the ground. Rocky, you're pretty sure that the clown is in the smoke somewhere but you kind of lost track of him i can't see you you can't see me oh that's how that works right fair's fair i'm going to swivel mid-run and shift and start sprinting towards starbuck and charlene grab charlene by her wrists and start pulling back and in the process slip 
the bracelets off of her hands and hope that Starbucks doesn't notice what I'm doing. You have to constantly say nothing, nothing, nothing as you do it. Whippoorwill, whippoorwill. It's sleight of hand. I know you're not great at it. I'm going to go for it anyway. I needed a 10 and I rolled a 3. That's a hard success. You know that we're all going to die. Well, eventually. You do come away with the bracers without anybody noticing. I'm going to slip them into my pockets and I'm going to kind of just start shuffling back to get away. How do I get a refund for these tickets? This show sucks. On the other side of the tent, obscured by fog, the little person mime takes another bite out of Lem. And Lum takes another point of damage. He's lived a good life. Rocky, in his hunger to obtain the bracers, bumps straight into the clown, who is going to attack you. I really thought that I had lost you out there somewhere. And I'm going to try and swing around and sweep his legs out from him to get him to, to hit the ground. So that's a fighting maneuver? I needed a 35. I rolled a 98, which means a fumble. Sweep the leg. That's going to hurt. You land flat on your ass. And I'm going to need you to make a roll for dexterity to keep hold of the bracers. I needed a 60. I rolled a 33. That's a success. Anything you do essentially next round, whether it's fight or maneuver or whatever, it's going to be a penalty dice until you can get to your feet. All right. So we are at top of round. You have one bullet left. Well, I'm going to at least use this last round. I need a 44. I got a 78. It's a fail. So your bullet goes wild because the smoke is becoming so dense. And we are in that round where we start to need to do a little bit of uh, smoke inhalation. So go ahead and roll me a con. I need a 60. I a 65. That's a fail. All right. So you are going to take a little bit of damage. started out so well. Three points. And what does that put you at? Zero. So you begin coughing violently and fall to the ground (laughs) best sleep i've ever had starbuck is going to continue to press her point so to speak and she does two more points of damage to charlene who is now at one singular Singular sensation. sensation and pippa you see this look of evil cross her face as she bends over laughing at charlene's blue tinged skin you see charlene's eyes bulging from their sockets and her tongue lolling blood trickling from her ears and it's your turn my last ditch effort is to cast rack again Rolling power. I need a 60. I rolled a 34. It's a success. I needed a 70. I rolled a 24. That's a hard success, which beats your normal success, unfortunately. Certainly does. So you have uh, one magic point left? Yes, I do. So you are feeling quite weak, Pippa, even though you told yourself mere minutes ago that going up against someone this powerful, trading magic for magic... Probably wasn't going to work. You couldn't resist the temptation. It's almost as if you are addicted to the spell casting. It's controlling you a bit. It feels so good when the power is coursing through your fingertips, through your mind. You know it's bad for you. You know what's happening to you. And yet you can't stop yourself. For the rest of this encounter, that will be your directive. You can't do anything except to continue casting these spells. Rocky, you're flat on your ass with a clown zombie hovering above you. Not literally hovering. I was going to say, that's not fair. I can't hover. Get on my hoverboard. Aha! Pull up my vacuum. Oh, you said hovering, not hoovering. You're pretty sure that you hear a rattling gasp escape (laughs) Charlene's mouth. And you feel a twinge of guilt and regret. It feels alien to you 
after all you've been through, all you've seen, the people who have fallen by your side. But for some reason, Charlene's dying gasp strikes a chord. Scramble to my feet, dust myself off, and like, hey, you want you want to go? We can we can go right here, right now. You let's get come on. Put him up, put him up. Stand there for a second, and then when I'm sure he's not ready for it, wham! I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for a punch. Your attack succeeds. I do five points of damage. Describe how you kill this clown zombie. Oh, this is a long time coming, my friend. Fake the punch, grab the squirty flower on his clown uniform, point it up at his face and trigger it, and then punch him. What you don't expect is that your fist goes straight through his head, comes out the other side, your fingers are dripping with gore and desiccated flesh, and he drops straight back onto the ground and begins almost instantaneously moldering and turning into a pile of wet maggots. Ew. And we're going to go ahead and say that that suffices your key connection for being afraid of clowns. Nice. Lem comes to, and unfortunately, he did not complete his igniting of the tent before he was attacked. So he's going to do it now and finish the ignition. But unfortunately, that means he's not going to do anything versus the mime. Who's still on his back, right? Yes. And the mime bites down and gives him one more point of damage. So blood squirts. Lem is weakening by the moment, but he managed to ignite the rest of the tent. Pippa, I need a con roll from you. As the smoke engulfs you. Needed a 55, I rolled a 38. That's a success. And Rocky, I'll need the same from you, please. I needed a 55, I rolled a 41. Also a success. Roy is unconscious. Starbuck, of course, is alive and kicking. Not a single wound. You all witness Starbuck snap Charlene's spine, her head lolling to the side. And with a satisfied grunt... Starbuck throws the corpse to the ground and turns to Rocky and says, I believe you have something I need. Pippa. I have the power! And I cast Dominate. So that takes you down to zero magic points. Need a 60, rolled an 87. That is a successful fail. I needed a 70, rolled a 26. That's a hard success. I call cheatsies. Take two more points of sanity. And Starbuck laughs. Loudly from the gut. Rocky. Take a minute to kind of stop and survey the landscape around me because I got to know where I am at and what's going on so I can see where Roy is from here and that he's on the ground. Sprint over to where he is at. Finger to his neck to check to make sure that he's not dead. How many fingers (laughs) do you use? (laughs) He might need a little first aid, a.k.a. mouth to mouth. I'll play the slow music. I want to look at the bracers for a second. Does it look like the stones are back to where they were before we jumped in in terms of brightness, or are they still, like, way... Darn near. Put them on, grab onto Roy, and I'm going to attempt to jump out of the tent while holding on to him. Roy, exhale and open your eyes! (laughs) You slap on the bracers, and you feel this incredible rush of energy and power. It feels like nothing that you've ever experienced before, except for maybe that fork in the in the light socket. <laughs> mm, reminds me of home. You instantaneously know that you can almost see what's going to happen in the next minute. You see like these shapes of 
people moving around and you're just trying to come to terms with like what you were witnessing here i'm fine everything's fine you can see blaine manor and you can see the caverns beneath you can see the old tree house that you and roy built in the woods your old house when you were growing up before you left you can see the warehouse where you and detox would meet on occasion all these safe spaces and it's as if you're calling them up in a rolodex destinations to be accessed on a whim and you scoop up your brother and you will yourself back to blaine manor but the bracers give off a subdued glow they're not quite there yet something of this tent is still stopping you from utilizing the full power damn it lem but you know that if you got starbucks stone it would complete the set and there would be no limits and we're on to lem oh son of a bitch Where'd you come from, kid? <laughs> and throws his elbow at the uh, mime. Take this! Needed a 52, rolled an 82. Unfortunately, the mime is going to attack back. Needed a 30, rolled a 67, fail. Lem. Needed a 52, rolled a 48, so he managed to dislodge the uh, creature. Lem! Now, uh, we need Roy to make a con roll. I succeeded on a 60, I got a 58. Roy is unconscious in Rocky's embrace, but he does give a weak cough, and a bit of smoke comes out of his lungs. Like a choo-choo train. Like a dragon. Like a choo-choo train who's a dragon. I will need Pippa to do the same. I don't have to cough like a dragon, though, right? I could be a choo-choo. I need a 55 to roll the 58. I am a choo-choo. Okay, so you will take three points of damage to you. And Rocky, you're going to need to do the same, please. I needed a 55. I rolled a 76. That's a failure. Things are escalating quickly. You're going to take one point of damage because you saw what happened with Roy and you're mitigating your intake of oxygen as best you can. Starbuck is heading for Rocky. Launches herself. She's actually going to try to perform a maneuver and get those bracers off you. Back out of the way while I'm reloading the gun. So go ahead and roll your dodge. I needed a 36. I rolled a 62. That's a failure. She needed a 55. She rolled a 56, which is also a failure. And instead clasps her hands on Roy. As you scramble away from the two of them, what gun are you reloading? Roy's gun. I picked it up off of him. Trilby. Got it. Roy? Con roll, please. I needed a 60. I got a 98. You are now currently in dying state. So what happens here is, unless you get first aid within one round, you will have to make a con roll every round or die. Pippa. Fuck it. I'm going for it. I'm going to cast rack. Needed a 60, I rolled a 50, that's a success. He just needs to fail. I needed a 70, I rolled a 39, which is a success. And in uh, this instance, uh, the defender wins. Weird. Pippa attempts to use Rack against Madame Starbuck. And this time, you feel that same pressure in the opposite direction against you. Except much to Rocky's horror. Pippa's even unaware that this is happening. Her skin begins to flay from her cheeks. 
the flesh dripping as if somebody had scratched three or four rents directly on her face and blood begins oozing out of these cuts. The power that is required is seeping your vitality to such an extent that it's actually causing permanent damage to your skin. Rocky, you've reloaded the gun. How many bullets? Enough for you and Roy? Snap the cylinder shut, take a dramatic step backward, and barrel down at Starbuck and pull the trigger. Uh, I needed a 78. I rolled an 18. That's a hard success. So nine points of damage. She needed a 50. She rolled a 45, which is a success, which is not better than a hard success. She takes nine points of damage. Go ahead and describe what happens when she takes the full brunt of this, Rocky. Pointing the gun down at her as she's sitting on Roy. Just going to look at her, shake my head and go, looks like you chose the wrong side of the bed to wake up on today. And then I'm going to go take my shot right dead center between her eyes. The bullet pierces her skull between the eyes. A look of surprise crosses her features. She falls backwards, blood spurting out of the whole, her body immediately begins to age rapidly. The skin sloughing from her bones, her skeletal structure presenting itself. There is one final lurch as she attempts to raise her arms and grasp the necklace at her breast, and then it falls to the earth, the bones detaching from the rotten ligaments and scattering like so much ivory in the dirt. Pippa, you feel this wave of coolness engulf you. Leather jacket out of nowhere. And you reach up to feel blood coursing down your cheeks. You pull it away and look at your fingertips bloody red in wonder. You're surprised at what this is. Is this your blood? And then you feel strong hands on your shoulder lifting you up. Come on, hon. We gotta get out of here. I'm going to quickly reach in and grab the officer and, and tuck her into me as Lem helps me. Tuck her into you? That's Nature's pocket, Jeremy. Nature's pocket. And Lem calls back to Rocky. Hey, tend to your brother. I got him. You two get out. And Lem begins to escort Pippa out of the tent. Lem's an escort? And Rocky bends down and picks up Roy, cradling him. I grab um, Starbucks necklace, grab her stone off of her before I take Roy and leave. And you reach down and grab the necklace. As soon as you are in possession of all three Yithian starstones, everyone and everything around you freezes in place as if someone had hit the pause button on reality. Then slowly, your environment dissolves, dripping away like tallow from a long-burning candle. A new landscape is revealed. A massive, 50-foot-wide stone hallway extends in either direction. Above, only crystalline stars in unfamiliar constellations wheeling through a benighted sky that feels alien, oppressive. The ground beneath your feet is made from large black blocks. You shudder to think 
of the giant race of beings that chipped and chiseled to construct this place. Along each wall at regular intervals are curious pedestals crafted from some unknown iron-like material, each holding an obsidian gemstone which pulses with a weak gray light. Beneath these artifacts are golden plates upon which strange symbols shift and twist. As you approach, the letters reassemble to display English. A person's name that you do not recognize. You look down the hallway. It stretches interminably in both directions. There must be billions of these gemstones. You have entered the library city. In your arms is still Roy. He's still unconscious, but clearly alive. And you know now that it was the combination of these star stones that brought you here. You can return to your reality at any time you choose. You realize that in each of these gemstones is a consciousness. You've pieced this together through your investigation that the library city, as much as you've been told, houses those who have been lost or otherwise trapped. It is now up to you to determine if you'd like to take any of these back. But meantime, I will need you to take some sanity damage, so please roll sanity. I needed a 61. I rolled an 83. That is a failure. You will take six points of sanity damage. We're going to need you to make an intelligence roll, please. I needed a 60. I rolled a 78. That is a failure. Okay, so this gets a little complicated because that means that you have repressed the memory. In the meantime, I'm going to need you to increase your Cthulhu Mythos by five because you do realize simply in teleporting to this domain, the visitation of the library city, that you now stand in a place of power where you have control over all of these consciousnesses. You could decide to extinguish some of them, and the very thought gives you chills. You also know that this will be your one trip to this location. You may attempt to locate one or more consciousnesses and bring them back with you, but you must find a vessel on the other side. I can be a vampire, Mama. That's tempting. There are definitely people that I would like to bring back, but it's that trade of finding somebody on the other side. Who would you put Dr. Pretorius into? <laughs> <laughs> Who would you want to come back, Roy? Bugsy. Well, the library city doesn't house everybody. Right. How many could he could he bring back? Really, there are no limitations other than what you can carry. Bring it back, Chuck. Who's to say he's dead? Uh, well, first off, I want to make sure that Roy is okay now that we got out of there. He seems to be breathing, but blissfully unaware of your surroundings. I want to go. Come back and get me. First person I'm going to reach out and see if I can't find is Detox. Go ahead and give me a luck roll. I needed a 46. I rolled an 86. That's a failure. You look around and actually manage to find a directory of sorts. This strange cube which glows and 
transforms itself. It allows you to, when you concentrate on a particular visage, find someone and you come up empty for detox. Going to take a second to look back at Roy and I'm going to focus and see if I can't find Bugsy. Go ahead. Give me a lot. I needed a 46. I rolled a 90. That's a failure. You're a dick. Unfortunately, that consciousness is unavailable to you. He might not be gone or he might not be here. I mean, true. We don't know. It just means that I can't get at him. Still feel bad about what happened to him, considering I kind of feel like it was my fault. I'm going to see if Jack is somewhere around. Give me luck. I needed a 46. I rolled a 19. That's a hard success. You don't find Jack, but you do find Jack's sister, Leah. Pocket the stone. Go ahead and write that down on your character sheet, please. Leah Whiteside, gemstone. So, Brian, I found your next character. My brain's working right now, my friend. I think I heard Roy roll over and cough something. You want your kid back, Roy? No, no. I said Rosita. (laughs) Yeah, she's not dead, though. Prove it. (laughs) One last person comes to mind before I decide that I'm done here. And he is the reason that Rocky started down this path. He's the reason that he sent Detox, and he's the reason that he got into this mess to begin with. And Rocky really wants to know what happened to Dan Williams. No, Declan. Fuck that guy. Go ahead and roll. I needed a 46. I rolled a 65. That's a failure. There's no evidence or impulse to direct you to Dan Williams. I'm going to step back, grab a firm hold of Roy, and take us back. Lem and Pippa... Exit the tent, which is now engulfed in flames, into the embrace of the Arkham Police and Fire Department, who have already surrounded the Big Top. And medics come to your aid, quickly tending to your wounds. The both of you watch, hushed at the tent, hoping to see your compatriots join you. But the tent collapses to ash, burning in a white-hot heat. The next morning, Pippa decides to release herself from the hospital after having received treatment for wounds on her face and wondering what she's going to do next. She feels weak. She feels shaken. She's not sure what's even real anymore. Starbuck has led her down a garden path, uh, tempted her with power beyond belief, and she now feels empty. Pippa misses Rocky and Roy. And so you find yourself about brunch time at Blaine Manor, jangling the keys in your hand, looking up at the mansion, wondering if you're going to have to sell it again. That's when you notice the front door is open slightly. And you go inside and call out. Guys, are you here? You hear footfalls on the stairs. And it's Rocky and Roy looking very scruffy, smoke-tinged. And you guys come down to see Pippa. I thought you guys were dead. I run up and hug both of them, one arm on each side of them. My face squished in between your shoulders. Careful. Are you guys okay? Do you need anything? A hot shower. Do you guys want me to make you coffee or our breakfast? I don't know about you, Roy, but crepes sound like they'd be nice right about now. (laughs) 
I didn't know if you'd be here, Roy, but I reach into my purse and pull out a brand new container of Nutella and hand it to him. Are you okay? Now I am. Rocky's phone makes a high-pitched bing. Excuse me. I'm going to pull my phone out and see what the notification is. A notification on your home screen reads, message decryption complete. I'm going to open up the message and see what it says. (laughs) You open it up and it's a single line that reads, come out of the cold with a set of geodetic coordinates and the delta green triangle. And that's when you get a second message that says hard drive corruption repaired. Everything's coming up rocky. Tell you what, um, Roy, you go get a napkin to clean up. Pippa, you you start making those crepes. I believe I have one last piece of business to attend to in the Batcave. And I'm going to head over to the elevator and push and hold both the buttons until I start going down. I'm going to go to the kitchen, start the coffee, and look at the pan, look at the mixture to make crepes, look at the recipe, look at the pan, and pour a cup of coffee and sit at the bar. And I'll take a nap. Roy slowly falls asleep in a new telecoma. It's just Nutella all over the couch cushions. Rocky descends to the caverns below Blaine Manor, makes his way to the server room, punches in a couple keystrokes, brings up the progress monitor for the hard drive, and sees it's 100% repaired. All he has to do is hit enter to play the video. Gonna pull up the chair... Crack my knuckles, sit back, and tap the enter key. And you hear Charles Blaine's voice and see his image on the screen as he says, But I need a favor. This is really important. Are you up for it? Of course you are. What am I saying? Okay, listen very carefully. The lock to the lab is voice activated. Use the hidden telephone behind the secret panel in the hallway just outside the door. Passphrase is, Mac wants the flamethrower. Once you're inside, grab the artifact. That'll start the timer and you'll have about 30 minutes to vacate before the charges I planted everywhere inside the caverns detonate. Say goodbye to the manor now if you want to. Then get out of town and meet me in Manhattan. You know where. Love you, Sam. See you soon. Tune in next time as we crack another case of the Lovecraft tapes. God damn! That was too much. All of it was too much. Ah, Roy... I'm sorry you didn't die this time. We'll work harder on the next scenario. <laughs> I always get pretty close. Yeah, you do. And then you bounce back harder, which is scary. <laughs> he did a good job with the strongman, though. It was, uh, it was good stuff. Yeah, my one roll that mattered. Oh, you had a roll that mattered? I didn't. We got those extremes for things that didn't help, so... See, that's, we wasted all of the good stuff. It's time for some hashtag recommendos, so we're going to share some geeky obsessions. Please go be happy. All right, so it's going to be uh, Matt, me, Brian, then Gabe. So, Matt, go ahead and start us off here, buddy. So, tonight, I am going to officially recommendo stamp Psychonauts 2, the long-awaited sequel to the Double Fine cult classic. It's been... A very, very long time coming, and I am super happy that they got the funding they needed and the time they needed, because Psychonauts 2 is, in every sense, a worthy successor to the original. In case you 
don't know what Psychonauts is, you play as a kid named Rasputin, or Raz Aquato. He is an acrobat who ran away to a summer camp to train his psychic abilities. And at this point in the second game, you pick up where he joins, for the first time, the uh, premier psychic organization of the world known as the Psychonauts. However, not everything is as peachy as he was hoping. There's some there's some trouble brewing. The head of the Psychonauts was kidnapped and rescued. There's still something a little wrong with him, so you're trying to figure out what's going on with him. There's potentially a mole hiding inside the Psychonauts headquarters feeding the feeding the bad guys some information. All while there's a group of cultists known as that are uh, attempting to resurrect one of the Psychonauts greatest foes. It's a really, really great game. Super colorful, super fun, really good mix of platforming and puzzling. You get fun psychic powers, like the ability to use pyrokinesis to light stuff on fire, or you get the ability to run around on like a projected psychic ball so you can get around faster. There's the classics like telekinesis, and you can, you know, shoot psi blasts at people. And they take really great advantage of the abilities and their knowledge and their level design to pull off something that is honestly really special. I love it. It's a great game, and if you can access it, and you really should, it's on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. Go and play it. It's worth every single penny. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, My recommendation for tonight is In the Earth from 2021, directed by Ben Wheatley from Free Fire and Kill List, starring Joel Fry. Alora Torchia, Haley Squires, and Reese Shearsmith from Inside Number Nine. Uh, this movie was shot during COVID, takes place in a similar pandemic ridden land, and it involves a new researcher who arrives at a rural research center. And his motives are muddy, but he pairs up with another researcher to find a scientist that he knows, and they run afoul of a stranger who is clearly Craig They escape, find the scientists they were trying to find, but they get a whole lot more than expected. So it is this rural horror or um, something along the lines of The Wicker Man or Midsummer. And what I liked about this is that it kind of goes towards the Romero's man is truly the monster thematic. Uh, There are some very good gory practical effects, which I found quite fun. Uh, There are some epileptic psychedelic imagery and some of this can dip a little bit too much into the surreal and obtuse allegory uh so you've got to have a lot of patience and that you know thankfully i do but i found this was a really thought-provoking and difficult to pin down movie with gorgeous cinematography just beautiful it reminded me of mandy quite a bit but if you dig that sort of thing and are really hardcore into horror and love ben wheatley uh check out in the earth Sweet. Brian, uh, you're up next. I also have a movie. It is called Afflicted. It's kind of like a found footage, but not really. It, it seems like it's a little bit before its time to me. Um, in this day and age with everybody has cell phones and stuff like that, these two guys decide to go on a trip and go to basically every country on the planet. It's like a one last hurrah. One of the, the guys um, has a pretty bad diagnosis where he's got a mass on the back of his brain. And at any time, the doctors have no idea how much time he has left. It could either rupture and cause paralysis or kill him instantly or do nothing. 
they don't know exactly what would happen, but it's it can be dangerous. So he's going on this trip with his buddy, who is a filmmaker, and they decide early on, before they go on the trip, that they're going to document every single aspect of this trip and live stream it on certain occasions for people watching, family and friends and fans watching online as they go. It, it doesn't take long. It's their partying to kick off the, the trip properly. I think they're in Paris. Uh, they're trying to meet girls, and one of the guys meets a girl and goes back to their apartment. So the other guys and friends are just trying to stay away a bit. And then they're like, you know what, let's be those jerks and go back and bust in on them. And they bust in and their buddy has uh, cuts and blood all over him and the girl's gone. They have no idea what's going on. He has no idea what's going on. Uh, Doesn't want to, it's not so bad, he says, doesn't want to go get medical attention. So they can't continue with their trip. Well, shortly after that, he starts to show signs of something wrong. Uh, What I liked about it a lot was that it kind of had that young kid wonder, like, uh, you know, I'm stronger than I usually am. Let's test this. And they start testing and and recording and broadcasting the tests, like uh, punching a brick or breaking a rock, uh, lifting a car, and then they progressively go further. But then it takes a dark turn. He can't have any food. He throws it up immediately. And he's constantly sleeping all the time. It basically progresses into he has contracted some type of virus, something that has changed his body and his physiological makeup and turned him into something else. And their whole thing is to try to figure out what it is and reverse it if they can. But it it gets darker and darker as it goes. A lot of people that do the found footage start out with found footage. And then once the action starts going, they kind of revert to, oh, here's a shot from an alley. Here's a shot. You know what I mean? You're like, well, who's recording that? They actually stuck with a two camera shot. One that's usually mounted to a rig that you see these guys on. They're doing like nowadays it would be a GoPro strapped to you, but they have full DSLRs strapped to them, and a secondary camera, which they can set up for secondary shots while they're doing stuff. And that sticks through the entire movie. So you get to see all the action and everything, either in first person, because he's got it strapped to his chest, or he has previously set it up to record his encounter with other things. So definitely check it out if you can. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't know what to expect. I actually looked up werewolf movies, and this popped up as in that category, which is strange because it's not. Check out Aff- Afflicted if you can. It's uh, I think 2013 was the initial release overseas, and it came here in 2014. So it's a little older, but it still holds up. I like it. All right, Gabe. Close this out, buddy. I'm also going to do a movie. I'm going to recommend Death Rider and the House of Vampires. It's another Danzig movie the second one I've recommended. This is a bad movie, but it's a lot of fun. Basically, the plot is it's it's cowboy vampires. About half of the whole point of this movie is just funny cowboy vampire names, like Drac Cassidy or Count Holiday. The plot is that this rider finds his way into a vampire sanctuary where he tries to earn their trust and then eventually eliminate them and it's just about that simple it's uh it's everything you want from a danzig movie it's stupid it's poorly acted it has a uh, a lot of blood fred armison's in it for like eight seconds and you can barely see him x packs in it for about 30 seconds he says two words danny trejo's in it for about two minutes there's a lot of that going on it's just a lot of fun i mean you know this is a movie you watch with your friends and tear apart but you know it's a lot of fun along the way and i like cowboys and i like vampires so it works 
lot of sex and porn and stuff. So if that ain't your thing, don't watch it. Ah, uh, Danzig. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. That's going to be it for this episode of Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at lovecrafttapes. And if anybody knows where I can get a bag of sand that weighs the exact same amount of this artifact that I'm about to grab, you know, let me know on Twitter at the real weird kid and if anybody can you know figure out a way for me to die you can find me at lovecraft gabe drop me a line i just need a little bit more power if anybody has any power i just need just a little bit just a tiny bit reach out to me at brian podcast i'll be up all night until next time roll four mac wants the what The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2021. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. I'm pretty sure I have COVID as the new The Dog Ate My Homework. Let's get some Muzak going. Muzak. Muzak. I actually can't run Muzak. That's a company. Oh, you can run it if you're the CEO. How about Muzak? Well, there's a commercial for today. Muzak, guys. Uh, Welcome back to the Matt and Gabe show. Gabe, how's it going? I'm alive. How about you? Uh, I am alive on the outside. Inside, I've been dead for years. Well, of course. I mean, I didn't know we were talking about the inside. Yeah, capitalism will do that to you. That's how it goes. Yeah. So, that weather. I kind of don't like this because we were told to do the Matt and Gabe show. I kind of feel like that kills it. Yeah, see, now that they told, now that they know it's a thing, it's it's just not as cool anymore, you know? Yeah, I'm kind of, like, really angry at them. But it's okay, because Jeremy will never hear this. Oh, yeah, no, he, he doesn't listen to this stuff. Not at all. But I, I don't think I'll ever forgive them, actually. Yeah, they're terrible people. Terrible. They really took everything I care about from me. Oh... What happened? And that's why I'm not allowed within 20 miles of Tuscaloosa International Airport. It's all because of that darn rhino. Yeah, I'm spreading my legs. Matt, stop eating. We're recording a podcast, not the ASMR one. Everybody roll luck, and I'll just switch if you get the good ending or the bad ending. Yeah, that works. Yeah. And then if you it got it, if it doesn't work, you just turn two pages back and reread it. Oh, Crossy, thank you. Thank you very much. Josie! Appreciate that. Good luck against vampire waifu. (laughs) (gasps) Great, you spoiled it. (laughs) Aw, dang it. You ever had one of those days? You know, one of those days where, you know, it's just one of those days. I've got a bunch of one of those days all in a row. Yeah, well, me too. You know, it's it's horrible, it's terrible, but you know what? You know, I got a solution to one of those days. Is it like the solution I have to mix up and put in my eyes every morning?
Actually, no, you're not far off. So here's the thing is and nobody nobody likes to have one of those days. Wouldn't it be great if you could just wake up, you know, realize it was one of those days and then, you know, just wake up the next day without having to deal with that day that's one of those days? A solution to skip days. I like it. I got right here in this in this this baggie here, I got I got a little something that's uh it's just what you need to skip one of those days, you know? Well why does it say ham and cheese on it? Oh wait, that's my lunch. Um this is the one that you want right here. Uh, oh, the that's skull and crossbones. Cool that just means that I got it from a pirate. It don't don't worry about that. I don't know. It looks like that rat stuff I got underneath my sink. Oh no, not at all. You see, this is uh, something I invented myself. It's brand new. Uh, nobody else has ever heard of this before. It's called chloroform. Chloroform. Well, that's a fancy name. It's one of them four-letter words. Yep. Yep. So all you got to do is you take some of this chloroform, you uh, you dab it onto a rag, and you hold it over your mouth, and you take a couple of really deep breaths, and uh, before you know it, it's the next day. And, you know, that they, problem solved. Bingo, bango, bongo. Well, that's the dang old time travel. Yeah, here, tell you what, I'll give you a sample right now. Just hold this right here. Don't, no, no, okay, no. Couple it of smells deep. a little funny. No, just keep breathing and just, it, it, it works really fast. Just keep... <gasps> I only got the one lung. <sighs> hey, are you Grandpa? Yeah, almost there. Grandpa, where are we going this time? You said camping. Hey, guys, I got another one. Get in here. Oh, oh, Dad, Mama, how are you doing? Grandpa gave me some stuff to make me time travel. All right, you get his wallet. I'm going to take his keys, and we'll see if he uh, has anything worth anything. Uh, here you go. I'll tell you what. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this one for free. Uh, you know, I'm just such a great guy like that. You know, have a, have a good time, and, uh, yeah, you know, uh, stay in school, kids. Thank you, Mr. Crossbones. I like to be shocked. I'm a fan of shocks. The shocker. So what I do is I attach a fork to each nipple. <laughs> I was just going to say, and he looks down and takes the nipple clamps off and goes, that's all you got? <laughs> I get a car battery. It's all good. Focus on your Ford Focus. Our local dealer is sponsoring us today. For a Ford Focus, you can get... <laughs> they even make those anymore? <laughs> and just stare her ass down. Just her ass? And she puts it out there. Mm, thick. <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking at her eyes. <laughs> No, Starbucks got some cake, man. I don't I don't blame you. She turns sideways and knocks the dollhouse over. Whoa! <laughs> Use that as a shelf. I can be funny. Hold on. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, who is this guy again? I don't remember him. <laughs> hey you, NPC. <laughs> Roll for sponge bath. I There's nothing I can do other than cast a spell, and the only spell that I can cast is... Silent but deadly. Oops, sorry. I meant silent. <laughs> can I take that from the top? Sorry, guys. Fuck it. We'll do it live. You can dodge, and you'll still be engaged. Aw, congratulations. <laughs> I didn't even know you guys knew each other. I'm just so happy. It's the best day of my life. And a cannon. I got a cannon, too. <laughs> I'm going to launch myself out of the human cannon prop <laughs> at Starbuck, fist extended Superman style. So what are you going to put on your tombstone, Peppa? A pepperoni. What are you going to put on your tombstone? <laughs> hey, Roy, what do you want on your tombstone? 
least he killed a guy? <laughs> I would say laser etched photo of you shooting the phone out of a bartender's hand. <laughs> I think that would be ideal. People will be like, what the fuck is this tombstone? <laughs> Find Jack's sister. What was her name? <laughs> Come on, Jack. It's your own sister. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, was it? Yeah, you really care about her, I can tell. <laughs> it actually did take a lot of time to write that. It is a notification on your home screen that says Meshin, uh, message disc- uh, I can't even say it. Damn you, barley wine. Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> Hung like a, a donkey. Wait, what were we talking about? Yeah, I don't know. Please don't just pull that clip out and just play that with me saying it completely out of context, please. Please do. <laughs> and now Brian and his donkey roll. Just at the very end, at the very end of the blooper, just say, it's hung like a donkey. <laughs> Click. <laughs> and the tape shuts off. <laughs>